Blog Talk Radio. Uh-huh. Queening. Where's my crown? <laughs> we sweet, we cute, we clean, we cool, we queen, we woo, we be the truth. We sweet, we cute, we clean, we cool, we queen, we woo, we be the truth. Queen up, supreme up, wear the crown, shut it down. Queen up, supreme up, wear the crown, shut it down. Queen up, supreme up, wear the crown, shut it down. Queen up, supreme up, wear the crown, shut it down. Let me in, let me in, let me go, let me show you know what I got. Crazy. She a beast with a bar and it goes so hard She rap but she act like a lady If you pass that mic then you might not like When she get it back just saying Too hot to touch, too high to reach I guess I'm like a flame They did not see me coming Just let me show you something I'm sick, I spit, I'm ill, I'm L and well It's disgusting I'm on a brand new board and lately I've been feeling wavy Long hair, don't care, my faith is great I'm such an effing lady I know you see me and you hate me Baby, it's all gravy I serve a king of kings and represent I represent the one who made me. I represent the Prince of Peace and King of Peace who rose from death and beat the beast. I sip the juice and eat the yeast. Yeah. We sweet, we cute, we clean, we cool, we queen, we woo, we be the truth. We sweet, we cute, we clean, we cool, we queen, we woo, we be the truth. Queen up, supreme up, wear the crown, shut it down. Queen up, supreme up, wear the crown, shut it down. Queen up, supreme. That crown, racing the walk, spit that histamine. Melanin brown, lace them in chalk with that estaline. Winning, handling business, making decisions, riding with royalty. Looking delicious, oh she ambitious, God keep all of me. Rich is her father, and she the daughter, living in water. Submarine. Evil don't bother, she know the author, came in a slaughter. Guillotine. Uh, top of her class, top of her game, yeah. elevated. Mezzanine. Shop with the bags, drop with the queens, and we taking everything. Ball cap to my head wrap, yeah. weave down to my shoe strap. Nails purse and my lip gloss uh, World love in the stick sauce All caps in these bread bags oh, She brownie like two snacks Wells first and we dip off By haters I'm that boss We sweet, we cute, we clean, we cool We queen, we woo, we be the truth We sweet, we cute, we clean, we cool We queen, we woo, we be the truth Queen up, supreme up, wear the crown, shut it down Queen up, supreme up Low on a bad one. Hey, hubby, no, I'm a bad one. Life on clothes, then I own a stove, sort of decor with a great view. Woo! Now I'm a mom too, gotta know my role model. Cause she's seeing everything that I do. So I show a queen whenever I move. Hey. Another episode of Indie Fire right here with your host, Nakia. Yeah, that's me. Y'all ever just been lost for words and you just can't get them out? Yeah, that's what happened to me just then. <laughs> uh, you were just listening to Keisha Beard. Uh, that was Queenie. You may remember we had Keisha on the show earlier this year. She is a uh, urban um, rapper. Uh, hip-hop Christian artist. Um, she's also a teacher. Um, she's a youth leader. Uh, she got a lot going on for her out there in Seattle, Washington. So big uh, up to uh, Miss Keisha Beard for always holding us down right here on, on Indie Fire. Um, we touched upon last week some subjects. And normally, you know I remember everything, but I've been reading so much news lately that I don't remember what we talked about last week. I know that, and I'm sorry, let me back up, because we were here Tuesday night. So I I did um, 
you know, ask for your prayers uh, for the family of Andre Hope, my former co-host here known as King, um, who was fatally wounded in um, just a horrific incident in Tampa, Florida on um, early last Sunday morning. And so as his family prepares to lay him to rest, he does leave behind five children, one on the way, his girlfriend, his, his, his parents, um, uh, sisters, you know, many loved ones, and, and an abundance of friends. So, um, you know, while you're getting your morning prayer in, your afternoon prayer, your evening prayer, just send one up for Andre Hope's family um, that, you know, as we endure or as they endure the days ahead of them, you know, they will be granted with the strength that they need to be able to um, just uh, endure. His funeral has been set for April the 12th in Tampa, Florida. Um, there is a GoFundMe that has been set up. Uh, be on social media with me. You've seen it posted. And you can also just put in um, justice for Dre, Z-R-E, and it'll pop up as well if you um, aren't able to find the link on any of my social media pages. We did mention Jesse Smollett and, you know, his, his case and how everything had been dropped. And now there may be um, some more charges, uh, civil charges, as well as the federal investigation, um, you know, that may pop up as well. So continue to keep him in your prayers as well. He dodged this bullet here. And um, you, you, you guys know how I felt about the situation from day one. Um, I'm thankful that things worked out in his favor. Um, so I'm just, you know, hoping that things will continue to work out in his favor. I do want to talk about an incident that occurred on Monday in um, South Carolina. Uh, I don't quite remember the name of the town, but I know the county is Walterboro County. All right. Um, a fifth grader, 10-year-old girl uh, was in a fight in the classroom with uh, another classmate, maybe one or two other classmates. And the details, you know, are not, they're not really coming out with all of the details, but um, the paramedics were called and uh, the little girl was found unconscious in the nurse's office. And so they, they took her to the local hospital where they immediately had to airlift her to um, the, the bigger medical university, which is in Charleston, South Carolina. And she passed away on yesterday. I was reading um, a young lady's comments who seemed to really know a lot that went on um, that led up to that fight. And um, I, she didn't seem to be a family member, but she knew a lot that went on. So she may have possibly worked within the school system. Um, but apparently there had been a lot of bullying that had been going on. And uh, these other children that were involved, you know, have been warned and their parents have been to the school and, you know, they all talked through this, how they had been bullying this little girl. Um, but then it led to this fight, which eventually led to her death. Now, today I saw that no weapons were involved because that's the first thing people are wondering. Like, well, they were fighting. We're talking about 10-year-olds, 10 and 11-year-olds. They're fighting. Um, what, what happened to her that, you know, that she passed away? Were there weapons involved? And so, you know, the police have said there were no weapons involved. We don't know if she had some type of health issue, um, you know, that the agitation of the fight may have provoked, you know, that. And we don't know any of that because they keep it all of that, you know, under wraps. But a lot of people were, were mad because, you know, they said um, it doesn't matter the age of these kids. They, they ultimately, this fight, they're bullying, which led to a fight, ultimately led to the death of this 10-year-old. And so they felt that these children should be, you know, they should be arrested. Right now, no one's been arrested. There's been one child suspended, but no one knows if that child actually was involved in the fight. And so um, a lot of, you know, I'm just reading a lot of comments, a lot of, a lot of hostile people, you know, just saying that, you know, they felt like um, these children should be arrested and they should be charged. You know, I feel that they should suffer um, or, or they should have to deal with their consequences, I would say, because you have, you know, this, this, these parents that are about to, to lay their 10-year-old child to rest um, because the child was bullying. And I, I, I'm assuming, again, I'm having to assume because nothing's being laid out for us to read, but I would have to assume that she finally had enough and she stood up and she said, you know, this is what it is and this is what happened. Now, I said all that to say, we talk about many different platforms up here, but I said that to say, you know, um, 
we, we always tell our children, you know, if you see bullying that is going on, our, our younger children, if you see bullying that is going on, you know, step up. If you don't feel like you can step up to that person and be like, hey, that's my friend, you know, back up, then there's always adults. That's what they're in place for, for you to go to those adults and be like, this, my friend's being bullied. But what happens when the adult is the bully for the child? I'll give you a little story really quickly because I really want to get into this interview with my special guest this evening. My daughter talking about yesterday how several fights broke out yesterday um, at a school, off-site, you know, and at the end of the conversation, she says, you know, yeah, a friend that she's been, you know, a young man that she's been friends with since probably sixth or seventh grade um, has this huge gash in his forehead, uh, like over his eye, like his eyebrow was split and he has this huge gash and nobody knows why, right? So today she comes home and she's like, Mom, I found out what happened to him. And I said, okay, what happened? So he was in the mall parking lot and, you know, traffic was a little thick, so he decided I'm going to back up and go another way. So he backed up and he got ready to turn to go out another way and he, he accidentally um, hit the back of somebody else's car. I'm not talking about doing 55 miles per hour. We're in a parking lot, all right? He's about to pull off. So maybe 10, maybe, maybe 10 miles an hour. So he stopped, parked his car to get out to apologize to the man and the man begins to beat him punching him in the face knocking him to the ground stomping on him right so I'm asking my daughter like did he get were there witnesses did he get you know any any information on the guy did he get his tag you know my daughter doesn't know anything well this young man posted today because after the event happened he of course had to go to the emergency room and he posted today that he wasn't going to talk about it he was just going to let it go because a lot of people don't make it out of situations like that. But the fact that God was so merciful to him and allowed him to walk away, he felt that he needed to speak upon it. And so this 36-year-old man was pissed off because this young man tapped the back of his car. And before he could get his, you know, my apologies out, you know, can we look at the back of your car? Can we look at the front of my car? This man just starts pummeling on him. 36 years old. And this young man is 19. So at what point does, you know, bullying goes from every level. It affects everybody. And you never know. Um, and I'm thankful that he did, you know, it wasn't worse than what it could have been. And God was merciful and didn't allow this deranged man to, you know, act upon um, him any in any other kind of way than what he did. Um, but, you know, the fact that this young man is using this to bring awareness to violence that is going on, you know, and, and like I was saying, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's not the elementary school. It's not just the high school. It's, you know, it's not the middle school. It's, it's adults, bullying adults, and there's adults bullying kids. And so, you know, at some point we all need to come back to um, humanity and civilization and this isn't right. And people always say, you know what, it all happened. It all started to happen when, you know, they took prayer out of the school. And, you know, I, I believe, I believe uh, with all of me that um, you have the capability to pray anywhere. All right. God gives us all free will. So you have the capability to pray anywhere. In any situation, you have the, the authority to pray your way through any situation so i don't i don't think that's that's a good response to that right there if the world was going to hell in a handbasket a long time ago before they took prayer out of school you know and my kids go to a private christian school but well, one of them does and so prayer still in schools kids still pray in school believe it or not you know they got to take tests they're praying they're putting that word out before they take their test so i just i'm going to sum all of this up just to say that you know we should be mindful just just be mindful of our actions, um, our reactions, um, because they all have consequences. Um, so I'm going to say on that. So I'm going to say. I was about to get on my, my, my big high ladder over here and start preaching for y'all. Y'all ain't ready for that. Y'all ain't ready for that because I ain't really ready. But um, <laughs> y'all ain't ready for that. But I want to talk about my, my guest today. I'm super excited because, you know, the past couple of weeks, um, I see we had one last week. Um, and then we had the one the week before. So this is the third author that we've had on this show. And I'm just in awe because all of you know, you know, the mission behind 
Indie Fire is to be able to allow all independent communities, not just the ones that I work in, but all independent to be able to provide them a platform um, to, or an additional platform for them to be able to express however it is that they express their brands and to promote their brands, you know, not only to our listening audience, but um, the fan base that they could possibly build just by being on the show. So I'm just excited. And I was telling our guests, you know, how the writing community, you know, when my guest tonight kind of fell out, um, the writing community all just stepped up and, were, you know, like sharing my post and, you know, and I actually had several um, say, I want to be on, but this, this young lady here, you know, she beat them all out. I'm talking about um, urban Christian fiction author and blogger. I'm probably going to say her name wrong. She's going to connect, correct me. Uh, but Chanel is an author, a blogger, a reader, a speaker. She's always searching for a great read that draws you in. But uh, when your screen goes blank, Lord, look at, look at the devil. <laughs> All right, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. She's always searching for a great read that draws you in but does not draw you away from the Christian lifestyle. As a believer, she is mindful of the atmosphere she creates for herself and the messages that she entertains. She admits she is mindful, but not perfect. Chanel does have secular music and reading in her diet. However, she chooses to feast on Christian reading and music daily. In a quest for edification and entertainment, she learned about the urban Christian fiction genre. It was in the pages of these books that she found the drama that not only satisfied the hunger for a juicy story, but also filled her desire for spiritual truth. In the summer of 2017, she began a blog where she reviewed Christian fiction and interviewed Christian authors and readers. In the fall of 2017, she signed to Anointed Inspirations Publishing, and her debut book, A Good Thing, was released in October 2017. Chanel is a wife, a mother, and the daughter of the king. She lives in Tampa, Florida with her husband and three daughters. Chanel is the author of the A Good Thing series, which includes book one, A Good Thing, book two, A Good Thing Two, If I Be Lifted, and book three, A Good Thing Three, Vengeance is Mine, Joyful Noise, The Hot Mess Choir, The Devil Thought He Had Me, and she's a contributor to the anthology Black Love Magic. Uh, Indie Fire listening audience, I present to you today, uh, right here on Indie Fire, uh, my guest, urban Christian fiction author and blogger, Chanel. How Hello. are you? I am wonderful. How, How are, are you? you? I am well. I am well. All right. So first thing first, pronounce your name for me. It's actually, you, you did it right. It's actually Chanel. Chanel. So it's just like yes. you see it. She knows. Yeah, just like you said. All right. All right. I want to jump <laughs> right into this. Thank you for being patient because every now and again I, I touch upon a topic and it just takes me far left, you know, and this one kind of hit close to home with this young man, you know, being my daughter's friend and just, you know, that, that just happened to him. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't want to pull on. No, no. I was just, I'm in total agreement. You know, everyone wants to argue they took prayer out of school, but as long as you have prayer in your house, your children are going to pray wherever they are. It's a learned habit. That's right. So I, I'm, right. I'm, I totally agree with you. If you have prayer in your house, then you have prayer in school because your kids know who to go to when things get rough, when they start testing and start bullying and stuff. So I, I'm, right. I'm totally in agreement. I was amening while I was on hold. <laughs> so um, now I see that that we look at later years, like 2017, I see in your bio. Um, but when did mm-hmm. you first realize that you be a writer? Oh, wow. I was pretty young. My mother is an avid reader, so she raised us to be avid readers. And, you know, I was in love with the classic book fair growing up as a kid. But at a certain Girl, point, I got yeah. tired of reading about, you know, Jessica and Elizabeth and ponies. Like, no urban people got ponies. We just don't have no poems. Right. right. Um, right. So I, I, I was um, I was just tired of reading that, and I, I went to complain that it wasn't that I, I didn't want to read. I didn't have anything to read. And my mother said, well, if you don't have anything to read, why don't you write something? And I started mm-hmm. writing. I was in about middle school then, 
Um, and I started writing, and I it, it just flourished from there. I wrote all through um, high school. I wrote all through college. And I, I just continue to write. Just when it's in you, it's in you, you know? Hello? So, um, you mentioned, Hello? You mentioned Scholastic. Yes. Can you hear me? You yes, I can hear Scholastic you. And the Scholastic Book Fair. I was the book fair mom for my kids, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine years. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where my children, you know, they gained their, their love and their passion for, um, you know, just, just reading. But I find mm-hmm. that they're in the same they're in the same uh, predicament right now. I mean, there's there's more. When probably was probably the same age. When we were growing up, there there weren't a lot of books that um, were centered around things that were going on in our life, quote unquote. Yeah. So find my children, you know, trying to just dibble and dabble and talk about you know um, just life experiences that they are going through. Um, so. I can understand where where you where you're coming from when you said, you know, like your mother said, if you don't find the avenue, then you have to um, take a detour and make that path for yourself. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. is that's very important. Um, that's very important. Uh, do you do you write daily? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Do you write on a daily basis? Are you consistent with your writing? Um, I am. I try to write something. Either I'm working for a blog or I'm writing my own, you know, my next, what's, what's next in my plate, or I'm journaling. So, yeah, there's always some type of writing going on. Now, I know that you have the um, the series, with the three books in the series. Mm-hmm. What, what, made you, I mean, most people, did you have a game plan in the beginning? Did you know I'm going to write a series? Or did you know I'm going to just sit down and write this book? And at the end of that one, you felt, okay, something else needs to be told. And then at the end of the second one, you felt like, okay, something else needs to be told. What is your, um, what was your pathway when you sat down and wrote the Good Thing Um, Series? Actually, actually, it's kind of weird. I wrote the first book knowing halfway through that I was going to write the second book. And I just thought I was going to be two, one, you know, one, two, one, two combo, and I was going to be done and move on to something else. The fans, the readers actually uh, had a lot of questions after the second book about one of the characters that was very influential in the first book, but he kind of faded out during the second book. He's not, he wasn't a major character that I thought, but a lot of the readers were like, you know, whatever happened to Cass? I, I, you know, I would have, and I had good Christian-minded people telling me, you know, I would have kicked his butt because he was so mean. And <laughs> I would have done this to him, and I would have done that. <laughs> and I was like, really? Because, you know, we were in church, and you just said hallelujah. But okay. Um, so that's where the title, Vengeance's Mind, comes from, because the third book is really about redemption, and about how we can, kind of like a young man said, you know, yes, I could take this a step further, but vengeance is the Lord. And what God can do to somebody, how God chooses to, you know, revenge or avenge, you know, what I have going on is completely different and more impactful than what I in my human mind like to do to a person. That is not only the gospel word um, that you just spoke, but that that spoken word right there, you know, I found myself having to, um, the older I get, you know, because when I was younger, I was a firebomb. People might tell you that I'm still one now, (laughs) but I find that, you know, the older I get, you have to sit back and um, let him handle your situations Mm -hmm. for you. And I've always been the type of person where I got to handle, I got to handle everything. I got to handle everything for you and for you and for you myself, you know, um, Mm -hmm. never sitting back and just letting him take total control and handling those situations. And so, yes, when, when the Lord um, decides to deal with the individual, it's far worse. Um, And and people think, you know, 
he's going to, and I will quote this, put this in quotations, you know, he's going to whoop um, that individual Mm -hmm. way worse than ever could have done so physically. So um, I I completely, uh, I I get it. I get it. And you mentioned something, you know, um, you, you church folks was right there in church and you was just amening and hallelujah. And now you're talking about, you know, this character should have, you know, beat them up or beat their butt or whatever. Um, in Christian fiction, how do you balance keeping the message um, strong and focused, mm-hmm. um, but still be able to reach your readers beyond um, the church or beyond the Christian bookstore? Like, say, for instance, like, I read Christian um, fiction, but I'm not, it's not something that I'm going to pick up every day. When you write, what is it that you put into your message that is able to pull not only those on the church pews with you, but, you know, those in the secular world as well? Um, I think that with all of us in the writing community, the key is to just be authentic and be real. I try to put the truth in my characters, um, you know, as I see them, as the Holy Spirit gives me guidance, but definitely trying to be as real as possible. I think that a lot of times we get caught up in the religious aspect of things and we forget that God is real. You know, he kind of, he meets you exactly where you are. So it's Mm -hmm. not, about, you know, trying to put on airs or trying to, you know, be super sanctified or anything like that because he's going to meet you where you are. And he's love. At, at the end of the day, God is love. And God wants to love right. you. So he's not going to browbeat you. That's not how God comes up. It's commonplace. We say God is a gentleman, you know. He's going to allow you to come to him. And he's going to be right there at whatever time you come to him. For me, personally, it's just really trying to keep my characters relatable and authentic. Writers are often encouraged to write what they know. Um, And keeping your characters relatable and authentic, have your real-life experiences impacted the type of writing um, that you present your readers or um, the stories that you blog about? Um, so I've experienced, I guess, I guess a little bit in, in all instances. Um, in keeping everybody, you know, keeping, you want to keep the reader engaged, but for me in particular, I want to show the reader something that I'm passionate about, but I don't want it to be too overly zealous or overly religious, if that makes sense. Completely. <laughs> Completely. Describe your writing mm-hmm. process. I know I um, spoke to one author and they said, you know, well I have to I have to have an outline before I start. And somebody else said, you know, no, I I kinda freestyle. Um, whatever pops into my head, then I just write. And that's what I do on a daily basis, hoping that all of that collectively comes together. What's your writing process <laughs> like? Um, my writing process starts with a trip to Michael's um, craft store. Shout out to Michael's if they want to sponsor a sister. Um, <laughs> I go to Michael's and they have these cute little $2 notebooks. There's $2 in there. Little tiny notebooks that I purchase for each book. And that's where I outline. Um, I do a character breakdown. I have to have some, I'm kind of hybrid. Like I have a structure. I know that, you know, in this chapter, this is going to happen. And this is the turning point. Now I don't go on and outline every nuance and, you know, everything that, you know, in this chapter, this is what's going to be the turning point. This is what's going to happen. And then I let the characters do a lot of the speaking um, and the scenes and the setting kind of come alive, and I write from there. But I definitely start out with a little book that has all of my notes in it. How do you select your characters? Oh, that's 
a wonderful question. Um, I actually, characters for me come from a little bit of everybody. So I'll take, you know, someone's voice pattern, their cadence when they speak. And then I'll see someone else that looks interesting and, you know, how they walk or, you know, how this gentleman or this woman interacts with. And all of that kind of forms one person for me. So it's a little bit of everyone that I've ever seen that kind of morphs into, you know, whichever character I'm writing about at the time. Is it difficult for you? Um, I know authors that have to write from many different perspectives. Um, mm-hmm. First person, uh, second person. Um, but when you have to write from the male perspective, no, is that difficult for you at all? Don't do it. Um, for me, I try to switch it up just because I don't want to um, kind of get too comfortable. My last two books were told in first person, so the character told the story. This latest book I'm working on and my first three were third person and omnipresent because I knew everything that was going on, so I knew all of the um, characters' thoughts and things. So it allows you to kind of paint a clearer picture. I can't say I have a favorite. It just it depends on the tone and the structure and what the book is supposed to do. Okay. Well, we have a caller. And, oh, wonderful. Um, I'm going to connect the caller. Now, if you, if you choose not to speak, I, I understand everybody's not as vocal as I am. We'll just sit back and let you <laughs> ride with us for the remainder of the show. But I am going to add you to the call um, right now. This is Indy Fire. Hey, You're live up? with Nakia. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Chanel? Hey, Nakia, what's up? This is this is Fred. This is Frederick. How you doing, sweetie? How you doing? Hey, I how am, are you? Hey, I am good. I am good. Just called into to number one, enjoy 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 the show, and also just give a big shout out to one of my 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 literary sister, my literary sister, uh, Chanel, and also. Um, my 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 second favorite sister now, Nakia. Um, <laughs> so I mean, you. you guys are welcome. So I'm, 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 you welcome. I'm I'm I've known she now for for at least for maybe a maybe probably about a year, maybe probably more than that mm-hmm. now. And just to know that she she is a fun she is a phenomenal individual um, author. Um, we 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 actually did we actually did a um. A book event together in uh in out here yeah. in Tampa. Um, probably like yeah. Um, actually last year, um, December. Uh-huh. And it was and it was it was it was such a phenomenal experience for, uh, for both for I mean for me. I know it was a bad, even better experience experience for her. Um, it's, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's the for, writing it, community is awesome. It is. It is. Yeah, it's, that, it's that's what I was saying. <laughs> It's funny how you know things how things align for for different for different reasons you know for you know that book event you know really put the people that needed to be there there you know that mm-hmm. I, I know she's female um, Shantae and then another person Miss Stephanie for you know for a good minute and for us to be put together in that scene was wonderful and it was it was it was a really good experience you know but I'm I am not gonna take up you guys this time I just really want I really wanted to give a shout out to to both of you guys, because you guys are not here. You doing you doing big things, girl. Um, she nailed her. She nailed her. Thank she got you. another. She you got another book out, man. Cuda, man. Big ups to you on that one too. Thank um, you, thank you. So I just wanted to get. I just wanted to just wish you a good. Wish you congratulations, my congratulations, sister. Much continued success in everything that you endeavor to do. Thank you. You are welcome. You are very very welcome. Well, stay tuned in. Most definitely. Thank you for calling. No problem. <laughs> so he he mentioned um your your new book. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's talking about and 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 I mean new. You know we we have new music Mondays on the show where we debut. You know. Um, new releases from independent artists, um, but we 
it's not Monday, but it's, you know, it's, it's still new music month. And I believe that um, writing, because, um, you know, music is a form of expression and writing mm-hmm. um, as an author is also a form of expression. So we're going to mm-hmm. incorporate um, this book in new music uh, month. Uh, the book entitled oh, Devil Thought so Me. Yes, The Devil Thought He Had Me was released on the 9th of March, correct? Yes, it was released on the 9th. And I Which always try to read. Go ahead. I always read up, um, you know, in advance on my guests that are coming in and know all, everything about them. But, you know, I've had uh, just a <laughs> couple days to learn about you. Um, so I didn't get a chance to fully engulf myself in this book like I want to. Um, but just from where I got, you know, uh, I want to talk about, because I was trying to identify with which which of the four ladies was me. And then I was like, wait a minute. Uh, just in reading, you know, the the back cover of the book, um, that that could be me. And now she could be me too. And she, I said, three out of the four are me. So, uh, if you want to talk about the book, just I, I was going to talk about it myself. But if you, the author, would go ahead and um, just talk about the devil thought he had me, um, and where where the book come from, first of all, and then just a quick synopsis on the journey that it's going to take um, the reader through the lives of these women. Okay. Well, the book um, it came from series of relationships. And not just my relationships, relationships that I had witnessed either on TV or in person um, or just heard about. And I was in study, uh, and it dawned on me, or the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and God is a relational God. God wants a relationship with you. At the end of the day, he just wants a relationship. And I had heard that, you know, whenever God wants to bless you, he sends people. And whenever the enemy wants to distract you, he's in people. So it kind of evolved out of the thought of, you know, here I am a woman trying to have a productive life, you know, raise my kids, do what I have to do. And here comes a distraction. You know, sometimes it's work. In one of the women's cases, it's, you know, money. Money's a distraction. Um, a lot of times it's relationships. And in three of the women's cases, it's definitely a relationship um, with different people. And they they come to the realization that they're whole and they're complete, whether the relationship exists or not. And I think that just speaks volumes to a lot of women. You know, we need to understand that we're whole and complete, regardless of the status that we have. And then when we connect to the Father, then we're definitely in a good position. So that if he chooses to bless us with a name, that's wonderful. But if not, I'm still good. Mm-hmm. Because I have, you know, I have everything I need. It, it's not a, a a timeline thing. A lot of times, you know, we get stuck on our timeline. Oh, I'm 30 and I'm not married yet. Or I, I, I'm 40 and I don't have a house. And we get caught up on all these timelines when, in fact, it is, it is just that God is relational. And if you yield your life to him, everything will work out. And everything working out doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get a ring or you'll get a house. But right. you still have peace, you know? Um, the book takes place in Tampa. Um, this is the first book that I wrote. First in Tampa, it tells the story of four women um, who each are single moms in the beginning of the book. And there are single moms at different levels. Who is just trying to, you know, put all the pieces back together? You have another one mm-hmm. who is very creative, but she's kind of put her creativity to the side to take care of her children. So, mm-hmm. you know, she got a job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Girl, that's one and two. That's, that's one and two that I can relate to right there. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, she's, you know, in a relationship with her child's father. In the beginning of the book, you have uh, one that's kind of, you know, she's they're divorced. She has a beautiful son. She has a wonderful career. But she still kind of holds a flame for her ex, who has gone on with mm-hmm. his life and gotten married. So, you know, you have that mm-hmm. dynamic there, too. Um, and they, they're characters. They are definitely 
a, a group of women that I wish I could like clone and make real because they're cool women. <laughs> but they are um, definitely relatable women. So I've been told. And I think that's that's um, that's so vital uh, in being able to connect with your reader. Um, you have to be relatable. You need to write about something that your reader can relate to. That's me personally. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna put the book down if you know I feel like not that it has to tell my life story um, or in you know, but I, I need to be able to relate to it in in some shape. Or fashion, and speaking in oh, uh, being able to relate, um, the term urban fiction. Mm-hmm. Removing the Christian, but just the term urban fiction. Um, is that defined by its subject, skin color of the author? Um. Well. I almost, I classify it as urban, meaning us, you know, African-American. And in the rankings for Amazon, it's actually under African-American Christian fiction. So I would say yes. But I do know some Christian fiction authors who don't write about, they don't write urban. They just write, you know, Christian romance. So their characters are either, um, you know, Caucasian or one girl Asian, um, you know, they're multi-ethnic. So for me, um, I stick to the African-American Christian fiction or what's termed urban. Why do you feel that, um, throw nobody's name out there, because uh, <laughs> I, I do like to call people out and put them on the spot, but when they saw... It was okay that I had Fred on the show, and it was okay that I had um, James Turner on the show. But when they saw mm-hmm. urban Christian fiction, they said, uh, "Nikia, really? Like, really? First of all, do you read that? You know, how 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 are you going to conduct this interview? How can you relate to this guest? Um, why do you feel that that people shy away from?" the genre Christian fiction? Honestly, because I think they're, they don't understand it. Um, when you say Christian fiction, most people think, okay, well, this is a lot of rules. This is no, you know, this is people going to church and this is about him and, you know, a, a boring type of book. Um, right, right. And it's why I started my blog, actually. Because I picked up an urban Christian fiction book on accident. I just didn't want, I didn't want any um, explicit violence or cursing in the book I was reading. So I kind of just floated towards it, picked it up on accident, read the book in two days, and was like, oh my God, what is this? And then I started Mm -hmm. devouring books. And then I was like, other people need to know about this. Like, this is some good stuff. All, you know, Sunday sermons in literature. This is some juicy right, stuff. Right. So that's why I started the blog because I wanted others to know, hey, you know, there's something out there. The Christian lifestyle is not boring. We have fun. We read books. We got stuff going on in our lives because we're human. You know, the only difference between uh, me or any other believer and someone that's a non-believer or someone that you know just a person without a religious foundation. The only difference is that I have a savior to go to, but I still have to, you know, I have um, things going on in my life like everyone else, and those those things come across not only in my book, but in a lot of our reading, a lot of our writing, and people just they don't know, they don't they're thinking that okay if I pick up this book I'm gonna have a lot of rules I'm gonna, I don't want a retelling of the Bible in the book, and that is so not what it is. What would you say would be one of the most surprising um, discoveries for you in creating your book? 
I'm sorry, I broke up. Say again. What would you say uh, would be one of the most surprising um, discoveries for you when creating your books? Um, I think one of the most surprising discoveries uh, has been the fact that the book, so when you, you sit down and you write a book and you're writing a story, I know where it's going for me. But what surprises me is that others will pick up the book and say, oh, my God, this has blessed me. Or, oh, my God, you know, I related so much to this character. Or I cried when I read this scene. And for me, that is surprising. Because when you sit down to write it, I'm just telling the story. I'm telling you, kind of like a movie plays in my head. And I'm telling you everything I hear, everything I see, you know, how everything feels. But to have someone else come along and read it and have a either completely different reaction sometimes or a, a deeper reaction than I thought out when I was writing it, that is completely surprising and such a blessing. Oh. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I can understand. Um, I can understand that, um, especially when you said that you you have your journal and mm-hmm. you use, uh, or your little notebook, you use that to, you know, kind of get your thoughts together and start composing. And um, and you mentioned, you know, how in your, between the first and the second book, you knew that you were going to start the second, and I'm talking about the sequel, you knew that you were going to mm-hmm. start the second one, but you had no idea of starting the third one until, you know, you started to hear what people had to say about, um, mm-hmm. words, you know, the words that were on the pages. Um, not, I don't know. I don't know if I would call that surprising. Uh, to me, that would be just inspiration and so much motivation for me to just press a little harder, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I get excited when I see um, that. That's that's your moment for me. Um, it's the little things that I let slip by, like playing a song on the show, and that show gets picked up on you know, mainstream radio, and then the artist is, you know, commending me for, you know, breaking their song, or, you know, that, that's motivation for me to, um, and, and sometimes it's the, the the tracks that you least expect to get picked up, so that's what the surprise has been for me, but that's the motivation and the inspiration for me to keep, you know, just pushing and doing, um, what I do. Uh, this is a question mm-hmm. I have to ask all of my friends um, because you, you find yourself just um, immersed in so uh, many words. And I know that your vocabulary um, expands each each book that you get the opportunity to write. But what was an early ex- experience um, where you learned that language had power? Oh, wow. Um, I was in eighth grade. And I'm in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade at Zambian Junior High School at the time. And we did a unit on poetry. And I strung together some stuff and and wrote, like, you know, we all did, you know, write a poem about so-and-so. So I wrote the poem. But when I spoke the words, because everyone had to read their piece out loud, when I spoke the words, that's when they came alive to me. And it it was so real. It was like, wow. You know, it's kind of like an out-of-body experience because the message behind, and I don't remember what the poem was, but knowing me at that time, it was probably something political. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> But, you know, it, it spoke Sounds to like me. in the eighth grade, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, was very political, you know, <laughs> during that time. But I realized that I had a voice. And that not only I had a voice, but like so many of us in the class, like we had a voice. Because I grew up in a time period where, you know, kids were seen and not heard. So Mm -hmm. for us to have a voice meant power. Wow. Each author that I have on the show 
Um, I want to say, and I know Fred is still on, and I don't know if James Turner is listening, but um, I, I would just like to say uh, thank you to all of you because I feel like, and I was I was mentioning this to you in the beginning, I feel like um, you all are being placed in my life for a reason because as Fred and I talk, you know, and I mentioned to you, I have a lot of books that are within me that I just can't stop long enough to sit down and get them and get them out. But mm-hmm. uh, your eighth your eighth grade flashback kind of took me, you know, back to probably sixth or seventh, you know, eighth grade as well, when um, I found my uh, passion for mm-hmm. for writing. And it wasn't until I got older that I put the pen down and got so immersed in so many other um, things, you know, that I forgot all about that passion, you know. And so this mm-hmm. month right here has very interesting because I found myself, you know, recording. Um, Because for some reason, when I get out of the shower, all of these thoughts come to my my head. I don't know what it is about the shower in the bathroom, but I get out and I get all of these thoughts come out. And I have to record because if I come out of the bathroom, I forget. So always make sure there's a voice recorder in the bathroom with me so that I can be, that's the way I jot down my ideas. Um, I like the notebook. Uh, that you mentioned. So Michael's might start being my best friend as well. Um, and Fred mentioned the outline. You know, I think that is very important as well because I, I told him, like, I already know. I know the beginnings and I know the ends. It's that good stuff in the middle that I'm missing. Or I know the end and I know the title, but it's the beginning and that good stuff in the middle that I'm missing. So um, you guys are really uh, motivated motivating to me as well um, because you've allowed me to find, you know, a passion that I lost uh, many years ago and kind of bring it back where it needs to be. So uh, I'll thank you. Thank you for that. Um, what one thing would you give up to become a better writer? I think we lost our guest. Hold on. I got Fred on the line, though. <laughs> Fred, you still Yo, there? What's that? I am. <laughs> I think uh, Chanel may have had some technical difficulties, so uh, I'm going to hang out with you until she comes back. Um, cool, that's what's uh, up. So, uh, you all who are just tuning in, you're live right now on Indie Fire. Our guest tonight uh, is urban Christian fiction author uh, Chanel. And also on the line right now, we have novelist FLB. Yes. Hey. <laughs> so, 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 what are you working on right now? What are you working on? Really, right right now, you know, working on a lot of things, really. Well, what, first of all, I'm working on trying to, you know, get better because I had a, cause I had a medical year, because I had a medical scare um, last week. So I'm working on taking things in slow motion, getting better in that aspect. Um, but in the, but then also in the, uh, in the interim, I'm also working on book two of my heel series. That's going to be what's, that's called A Road Less Traveled. So that's what I'm. So I'm working on that. I'm also working on some some other stuff um, with the with the magazine that I'm a, um, that, that I'm a staff writer for. So I'm, I do an article with them at least once a month. Uh, let's see, what else am I doing? Oh, I'm working on another working on some. I am working on a mili- on a military slash. Hello. Hello. Ah, there she is. Oh, there I am. Hi, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I was asking um, before we got uh, interrupted, what one thing would you give up to become a better writer? Um, my day job. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I yeah, don't tell anyone. I know it's like all over now. Please, the whole world hears me. I completely, so, yeah. Yes, I completely understand. I actually have a few coworkers that I get along with, so they follow me on social media, and they're like, you know, you're really big in this entertainment thing. Like, why don't you just stop working? Because I haven't reached the level that I need to be at yet. Um, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, so I, I still have to deal with you guys. So, yeah, I think that would be the one thing I would definitely um, get rid of and hope to do so very soon 
um, is that regular nine to five. Um, yeah. Because I just I find my passions are are elsewhere now, um, and so I pray that uh, that will take place for you in the very near future. And, I, and I'll do the same for you. We'll partner in prayer together. Yes. We're two oh, together. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> Does your family support your um, career as a writer? Yes, they do. Actually, um, my husband is a great supporter. He is my break. He's my breakdown person, my setup person. You know, he's there when I hit the wall and feel like I can't write, and I'm screaming, "I don't know what to do." He's, you know, he's definitely there. My kids are all teenagers, so. For them, it's just like, all right, mom, I'll help you sell these books, but will you buy me some shoes after? Um, <laughs> so for them, it's it's a little different um, for kids. My mom's a, a big supporter. She actually is one of the few people that have all of my books um, signed, of course, because she said, you have to sign it. I'm like, but it's me, mom. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, they're, they're def- and I think that's important as well, the support system, having, you know, people in your corner, because all reviews aren't necessarily good reviews, because the book is not for everybody. So right. um, having a good support system is vital to success. This is one of those times where I my show needs to be longer. Um, I probably have more questions um, <laughs> to ask you, um, but like I tell everybody, once you're on the show one time, your family, um, I will stalk your, your social media. I will know any and everything there is to know about you, when it's going on. I will continue to support you. Um, I will continue to promote everything that you have going on, and you're welcome back on the show at any time. But I do want to go ahead and give you the opportunity I want to give you the opportunity now to go ahead and get all of your contact information out, uh, all your social media, uh, your website, so that anybody who's listening now, if they want to uh, purchase, if they want that autographed copy, you know, if they want to know where you're going to be, if you're going to be in their city, and if they want to know how they can become a character in your book, uh, those <laughs> who are listening live now and those who may come back and listen to the playback shows, because, again, you all know that we're on several different um, platforms uh, that those the floor is yours now to go ahead and get all of your contact information out. Well, thank you so much for this honor. and It has been such a blessing. You can find me on my website, S H E N E L L I N C, that's Chanel com. There you will find out what I'm doing on a monthly basis. It's also a blog, so I interview other Christian artists. I also review books. And I give some writing advice. I will have a merchandise store opening up in the summer. Super excited about that. You can find me on Amazon. Uh, I'm an Amazon author, so you can just go on Amazon, type in S-H-E space N-E-L-L, and there you will find all of the books that are for purchase. If you're an e-book reader, they're 99 cents. Of course, if you would like a paperback copy and you're in the Tampa Bay area, you just social media me when you get your copy, and I will meet you somewhere, and we can have coffee and talk. Uh, my Facebook is, again, S-H-E-N-E-L-L, and my Instagram is author she underscore nails. And I would love for any of you to reach out. You can definitely uh, pick my brain. If you're a fellow writer and you kind of, stuck in the rut and you want some writing advice, definitely hit me up on the website because I have some coaching opportunities open up as well. Awesome. So if you cannot um, miss, I'm sorry, if you cannot make or 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 find her on every one of those uh, platforms that she just mentioned, um, at least reach out and find her on one, preferably Amazon, so you can purchase uh, those books. All right? Yes. Uh, thank you again for being here with me this evening because you could have been anywhere, yet you took the time to um, be here with me and keep me company. So thank you so much. Make sure that you're oh, tuning you're in on Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for New Music Mondays. Um, 
Tulip Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm not looking at the calendar, so I don't know who's going to be here. And again on Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I think my partner in crime from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, who's heading up um, a huge tour that I'm a part of uh, next month. I think he's here next Thursday. Um, Either way, if you can't make them all, do not miss them all. Make sure you're following the show on all social media at IndieFire, S-E-N-D-I-E-F-I-Y-A. Make sure you're following me on all social media as well. That's Girl in Motion, G-R-L-N-M-O-T-I-O-N. And as always, I want to leave you with this quote. Poetry, plays, novels, music. They are the cry of the human spirit trying to understand itself and make sense of our world. That's L.M. Elliott. Until Monday at 7 p.m., have a good night.